Hello, my friend. Welcome to Awaken the Extraordinary. My name is Christy, and I'm so glad you're here. Awaken the Extraordinary is a place where we share stories. We talk about our lives and our experiences. We talk about what we learned from them. We talk about things that maybe didn't go the way we hoped and how we can kind of pivot, friends reference there, and approach things differently next time around. Because I am the host, I do share a lot about my life and my experiences, and I hope those actually do encourage and inspire you, because that's why I started this podcast. But if you have a story or an experience that you want to share, always feel free to hit me up. But for now, this episode is all me, but I do hope you actually gain something from listening to it. So without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Awaken the Extraordinary. I am so very glad you're here. I hope you are having an amazing week. If you are celebrating Halloween, I hope you have your costume ready to go. I actually need to go on Amazon and order the rest of mine. And in a nearby town called Hamilton, on Halloween, they have an inflatable costume race. And I suggested it to my son, not thinking that he would want to participate, but he does, which I think is really cool. I think it's a really fun thing that they're doing. And uh, I am doing the race with him. And that means I need to get an inflatable costume as well. So the costume that he chose is... It's a dinosaur. The dinosaur is inflatable. And then his part of the costume, he looks like he's riding the dinosaur. They do actually have adult versions of that. So I told him he can pick out my costume. I was really crossing my fingers for the axolotl, but he chose an adult version of his costume. So I need to get on the website so I can order that. So it will be here in time for Halloween. And then uh, my just regular costume. I don't even know why I'm doing a regular costume because (laughs) it's not like we're going to a party or anything, but because I have dubbed 2023 as my year of the leather pants, a la Ross from that episode of friends, I wanted to do that for Halloween. And I don't care if no one gets it. I just want to do it. So uh, that is what I am doing for Halloween. And then I uh, received a notification that holiday pajamas are on sale on this one website where we get our holiday pajamas. And I'm not going to share which site because I don't want the pajamas that we are going to order to sell out. Um, But we always do like... uh, matching pajama family photo for Christmas. That's not typically our Christmas card. I don't think it's actually ever been our Christmas card. Maybe it's like a supplemental photo. I don't know why I'm telling you all of this. You probably don't care. I'm I'm like 95% sure you don't care. But um, I need to order our pajamas so we can do the customary photo. I just think it's a fun way to commemorate each Christmas and 
there are some pajamas that are very near and dear to my son's heart. So I want to try to get those too on top of the podcast and the day job and making doctor's appointments that I have been long overdue to make. So it's just been a lot. Plus this is just a crazy time of year, right? You have Halloween and then you have Thanksgiving. And then before you know it, there's Christmas and this Friday countdown to Christmas on Hallmark starts. So that's like another huge thing, probably for me, not you. But anyway, I have just kind of chit-chatted enough. So I will get into the episode. So if you saw my little teaser on my Instagram stories promoting today's episode, um, I posted a photo of me pinning a bib on my son. Actually, I was unpinning a race bib uh, from my son's shirt. So a couple of weeks ago, there was an obstacle course race at... I think it's University of Montana. It's really sad. I don't know, but I think it's University of Montana, not Montana University. So the event was at their football stadium. And I used to do obstacle course races a lot. Like I've done Spartans. I did Alpha Warrior. I did the Epic Race. Oh, I did like the ridiculous obstacle course challenge, which was kind of like, um, oh my gosh, what's that show Wipeout? So I love obstacle course races. I think they're more fun than running races. I mean, running, you're just running. I did do the rock and roll series back in San Diego. And I'm like, I don't know, a van, like every mile as you're just running quickly by big deal, you know? (laughs) But the running races that I did really enjoy, like I can say I enjoy them were the races at Disneyland, but there's something about obstacle course races. I mean, when I signed up for a Spartan, it was just because someone suggested it and I had never done anything like that before. And so, you know, I joined this, this boot camp and made some really good friends and we did, you know, a few of the races together And during the first obstacle course race, I mean, it was cold. It was in Temecula and San Diego in January. And I started training in November and it was tough, you know, I mean, there were six obstacles that I could not complete. So I walked away from that race doing a total of 185 burpees because one of the obstacles included five burpees. Um, but you had to do 30 burpees for every obstacle you could not complete, but it was muddy and I had the best time. And I never imagined that that would be something that I would enjoy doing, but I, I did. And so, you know, I did the obstacle course races. I did the Disney races and then, you know, I had my son and was not as physically active and, you know, here, here we are to present day. And, you know, I started working out again consistently back in June. And then I started looking online at just like, what, what is here? I mean, in San Diego, I'd lived there my whole life. So I knew about the rock and roll. I knew about like Vavi and the events that 
you know, Vavi sponsored or had training programs for, you know, I would go to Roadrunner Sports and I would see like all of the events posted up. But here I'm still trying to get my bearings. Is that the right term? And so I just like, I don't know what's here. And we were driving into Missoula one day and I saw this giant billboard for an obstacle course race. And I was like, okay, it's a girl lifting a gigantic tire. I'm like, well, okay, I'm going to sign up for that. And then I mentioned it to my son because they had a kid's race and he said he would like to do that. So I was like, okay, this is, this is really cool. And I want to model like healthy behaviors for my son. So, you know, yesterday I had a conversation with my dad about women in my family and and how we cope with things when they're hard. And, you know, a lot of women in my family, like I think a lot of people, um, you know, turn to food or we turn to unhealthy things like drinking or shopping or you know, a slew of other things. But in my family, what I think is most common is like food. And, you know, there was a period of time where I did turn to food to just kind of numb out. And then I went the opposite way and hardly ate and exercised excessively. And only when I became vegan, did I actually like kind of find healthy balance. But I'm bringing this up because in the conversation with my dad, it was really about like healthy behaviors, not being modeled for me. And I don't want my son to have the same experience. I want my son to see his parents being active and I want him to see his mom being active and, and enjoying things, not to say he has to enjoy the same things that I do, but just seeing what eating relatively healthy and, you know, working out, basically just moving my body and and being active, like how that benefits me. And then I, it's something that I enjoy. And so as I'm saying this, I'm thinking back to, uh, uh, like this boot camp that my husband and I went to before we had Milo and, it was, I guess, circuit training. I, I don't know what the terms are, but basically we would have two, two minutes doing something and then 30 seconds to transition to something else. So I guess it was kind of like hit. And when I would get on the treadmill because he knew I ran, I would freak out every time he would come near me because I would be running at a decent pace but he would always bump it up. And I remember one time he bumped it up to 12 miles an hour and I was trying not to be in my head, but it was very hard to not be in my head when the visions that I had running through my head were me just totally face planting on the treadmill and just wiping out. But I rem- I will never forget when I just saw it bump, 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 and I was going faster and faster. And it was probably not for a very significant amount of time, but I have never moved my legs that fast ever. And so just, oh my goodness. But I do like pushing myself because physically I've done things that I never, ever thought I would be capable of doing. 
So all of this to say, I like being active. I feel really good that I've gotten back into the habit of moving my body on a regular basis. And I'm really happy that I'm, I'm showing my son that this is something that I enjoy. Um, even this morning he asked, you know, if I had already completed my workout by the time he woke up and I said, yeah. And he's like, well, I didn't get to watch you. So I said, okay, well maybe Friday or Saturday we'll, we'll do that. So it's, it's making me really happy. And, and we also have like little two pound dumbbells that, that he quote unquote trains with. So, um, yeah, like that, that type of thing just makes my heart happy. So anyway, uh, I saw the race and decided, you know, I was going to sign up and then my son wanted to sign up. So we registered and I went to go pick up the bib and the gym was like stunning. I've never been to such a nice gym. You did the big, the bib pickup on the rooftop. And I swear it looked like a rooftop bar restaurant. It was just gorgeous. And then, you know, got all my stuff ready that night. Like we had bought Milo running shoes because he just wears vans and we were ready. You know, I kind of got back into my routine, my pre-race routine that I would do at Disney where, you know, I'd wake up early, uh, take a shower. I foolishly worked out the morning of the race. I should not have done that. I don't know why. I think I was just like, I'm just going to get the the blood flowing. And I think there was a good playlist for the class. And so I just ended up doing the class. Like, I will not do that again. Um, But, you know, took a hot shower, like ate my little peanut butter and jelly that I would always eat before my race. And I was like, okay, I kind of feel like me. And then as we were driving, like Milo was really excited and my nerves started to kick in. I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I haven't raced in so long. I haven't done an obstacle course race in years. Why did I sign up for this? Why did I think that this was something I could do? I'm probably going to be one of the oldest people participating in the race because I'm not in my twenties or my thirties anymore. Like I'm almost 46 and just all of this crazy self-talk started happening. And I'm used to feeling anxious before a race. You know, I'm always like, I need to have a cup of coffee and I need to go to the bathroom before I, before I would like head out of the hotel at Disneyland. Not like you need to know that, but I'm telling you anyway, because you're listening. I just, I would all my nerves, I would just get excited and I would want to like do a good job. And I was feeling all of that again. And it was just kind of crazy because I hadn't felt that in such a long time. So then we get to the stadium and it was a little bit colder than I thought it would be. And we get into the stadium and I don't know why I didn't realize this, but a lot of the obstacles are on the field and people are just sitting in one section of the stadium, just watching. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I don't want to be down there and having people watch me. Like, what if I mess up on something? What if I do a crappy job? Like, what if I'm the last one? Because they had heaps of of 10 people. 
And I was like, what if I'm like the last one? Oh my gosh. And I just started getting into my head like big time. And I told Eli, I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do this. I said, the only reason I'm doing it now is because Milo's here and I don't want him to see his mom not doing something because she's totally freaking herself out. Like, I don't want him to see that. And he was really excited to see me. Like Eli has done a couple of like ATV races and, and he's been there for him, but I've not done anything. And so, you know, when I was pregnant with him, they hadn't stopped the race series yet at Disneyland. So I had all of these visions of, of him being along the course, like in the city of Anaheim as Eli would be, you know, when I would run through and then they had this really cute baby race called the diaper dash. And, you know, they just, kids went, they were supposed to go to straight line, but their babies, like they, they were in diapers and you just stuck them on the, the ground and they, well, it was, there was a rug, but you know, they would just like crawl to the end. And I really wanted Milo to be able to do that. And then right after I had him, they announced that the race series at Disneyland was ending. So I was super bummed. So, you know, I had these visions of what racing would look like for me and it changed and it, of course I'm getting emotional. It probably doesn't sound like a big deal, but doing those things was such a huge part of my life for so many years. And it was something that I loved doing and like to have that stop. It just, it made me sad. Like it still makes me sad that they stopped the races, you know? And I didn't get to have like that experience that I really wanted to have with my kid. So I, I was excited for this in that aspect. I mean, initially I was excited because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get to do something I haven't done in a long time. And then I started freaking myself out and just was reminding myself, okay, I want to set a good example for Milo and it will be cool for me to see him like after this is done, you know? So we're sitting there and they have like the expert racers go first. These people were freaking fast, man. So what you had to do is you came out. So you were in the little tunnel where like the football players go through and then you come out onto the field and you did like a bear crawl with those sliders, you know, those sliders that you do mountain climbers on. I cannot stand mountain climbers. I think I'd rather do burpees than mountain climbers. I don't know. Actually, depends on the mood I'm in, but where I am right now, I think I'd rather do burpees. So anyway, um, you had your hands on the sliders and you ran from like, I don't know, the, the 10 yard line to the 20 yard line, or maybe it was 30. And then you turned around and went back and then you had to run and climb up a cargo net that was flat against like the concrete wall just below the bleachers. And you had to climb up the cargo net, hop over the little fence gate barrier thing, railing, there you go, railing. And then you had to bear crawl up the concrete bleachers. And then people disappeared. And then when you're sitting in the stadium, if you look to the left, there's a mountain with an M on it. It's for University of Montana. 
And there's actually a hiking trail. It's called the M trail and you hike up to the M and go back. And we've actually had dinner overlooking the river, which also overlooks the M trail. And those hikers look really tiny, really tiny. So we're sitting there and my husband's like, I think they're going up to the M. I'm like, no, they're not. And he's like, yeah, I think they are. So, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm sure it's just for like the expert racers, you know? So then they start making their way back. Like, I think the, the winner did everything in like less than 30 minutes. And then they come back and they like come into the stadium and they like zigzag up the stairs of the bleachers, like literally right next to you. (laughs) And then they go, they disappear And then I think you come through the stadium again. And this time you're doing like a bucket carry. You're doing like a weighted walk. uh, You're doing the tire flip. And then you run through this inflatable helmet and you're done. And I was watching that and I'm like, there's a lot of people watching. Like I just started psyching myself out and I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. (laughs) I'll do it. I'll do it because Milo's here, but I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So they call us to go and it felt really weird because I don't know how many racers there were, uh, maybe 150, maybe 200. And, um, everybody was there at least with a partner. I was the only person I saw totally alone and I felt kind of weird about that. Now I do have this weird thing, like when I run. So when I do running races, I do not want to run with anybody. I don't like running with people when I run. I don't like feeling like I need to talk. I need my oxygen (laughs) for breathing when I'm running. And I don't ever want to feel like I'm holding someone back. And I don't want to feel like I have to push myself harder then I should be pushing myself to keep up with someone. And I don't like going slower than I want to go because I'm running with someone who has a different level in terms of running ability. Now that's not to say like, you know, my husband did the Spartan, like the Spartan beast with zero training. I think he trained, no, zero training, zero training, I think. And, um, It was, it was fine. You know, like I went into it knowing like we're doing it together. I'm like, we're here to support each other. I'm by his side. He can't run or doesn't want to run. Like I understand that. Or if someone that had never done a running race, wanted to do a a running race and asked me to run with them, unless it was a Disney race, (laughs) then I, I would do it with them. My husband did uh, a Disneyland half marathon. We did the star Wars and he hadn't, he did like two training runs. What was it? But because, you know, of, of my previous races, you know, I placed in a, a corral that went earlier. And so he was in a corral kind of like later in the race. So, I mean, we really couldn't have done anything together unless like I had walked, you know, but I think given the circumstances, you know, I, I might be okay 
walking something, but I'm just being honest, like a running race. I I just really like doing it by myself. I found that I kind of, it's kind of like a meditative thing for me. I just kind of get into my zone where I'm thinking about something or I'm listening to the music and that's just like my me time, you know, but obstacle course races are different. Like they're, they're fun to do like as a team. And if you can't do a certain obstacle, you have your team to help you. Like I remember in the Spartan, I think it was the, was it the very first one? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Right. But there was an inverted wall and it's like, we could, we could climb upside down, but getting from upside down and flipping over that was hard, you know? So we all worked together to, to help each other get over the top of the wall. And it was just weird to be here and see all these people with their friends or their family. And I'm just like, hi, it's me. I'm alone. I'm sad. I'm pathetic. And then I started just really paying attention to all of the negative self-talk. And I was telling my husband later, I said, it was just a really interesting thing to like observe. And I was like, okay, yes, I can look at this. Like, yeah, I'm sad. I'm by myself. (laughs) have no friends. I'm doing this all by myself or yeah, I'm here by myself. I'm the only adult racer doing this by themselves and I'm okay with it. I'm going to do the race regardless of whether I have a team of people with me or not. Like that's kind of badass, you know? So I, I started trying to shift like how I was thinking about myself and how I was talking to myself. And one of the things too, when we were sitting in the bleachers before the race started, you know, and we were watching all of the people on the field. When I started like kind of panicking, you know, I was watching the people, you know, go from like the 10 yard line to the 20 20 yard line with the sliders and watching the people go up the cargo net and then bear crawl really quickly up those concrete bleachers. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want to be the last person in my heat on the field. Like, I don't want that. That'll be so embarrassing. And so as we're like getting ready to run out onto the field, which like, that was kind of cool. I kept like thinking about that. And for some reason, no one went to the first set of sliders. Like I was literally the last person. I was in the second to last heat that went out. And I was the last person in my heat to actually make it out onto the field. So by the time I got to the sliders, I thought like the first set of sliders would have been taken and they weren't. So I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm the last person to the sliders, but for some weird reason, I was like, but this first set of sliders, like I'm going to go fast, right? Wrong. I was the last person (laughs) to get back to the starting point with the sliders when I got to the cargo net and I'm running, you know, like I'm running, I'm not slow, but by the time I got to the cargo net, pretty much everybody had already gotten up it. And so, well, I, let me backtrack a little bit. So 
The AstroTurf for the sliders, I thought it was going to be smooth and it wasn't. So the sliders, like for me, like they kept sticking. And so I was like, of, co- of course, like <laughs> the person that's like, it was, it was just, it was just like awkward. It, it did not go as smoothly, literally, as I thought it would. So anyway, make my way up to the cargo net. The last person to climb up the cargo net, by the time I started the cargo net, like people were finishing and hopping over the railing. By the time I start, and it was very awkward. So I'm used to like cargo nets being at like an angle. So you have like space under the cargo net, like for your foot. This was like flush against the concrete wall. And it was just weird. I was like, I've never, I've gone up a lot of cargo nets in my life and I've never gone up a cargo net set up like that. So I get over the railing and I think there's maybe one or two people like bear crawling up the concrete bleachers. So there I am again. I'm the last person. And I'm just like, this is so incredibly awkward. You know, I do strength training. I do the Peloton. And this is just a different, this is a different type of physical activity. You're just using your body in a different way. So I get up to the top of the bleachers and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired already. Like I'm so tired. But I did think I'm like, well, I was concerned about being the last person on the sliders. I was concerned about being the last person on the cargo net and bear crawling up the concrete bleachers. I was afraid of that. And uh, my my fear was justified because I was the last person at all of those things. And I was like, but you know what? I'm like, I don't care. I did it. And I'm still here. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) so, okay. Like my, my fear happened and I'm still here. So might as well just keep going. And so the next thing was like, you ran up, um, a bunch of like metal bleachers and then you had to do, uh, five ball slams with a 15 pound medicine ball. And I remember like, I used to think, I, I remember like before I had my son, I felt like a 15 pound medicine ball was so heavy. And I think now, because I, I carry my son still a lot and he's like 41, 42 pounds. I was like, oh my gosh, this is nothing, you know? So that I felt like I sailed through. And then I jogged over to the weighted jump rope. And I told the lady, I said, you know, if you had asked me 38 years ago, 37, 38 years ago to do this minus the weighted part, I would have been like, no problem said, that's not the case now. I'm like, so how many burpees? Because I cannot, I cannot do a jump rope to like save my life. I am just not that coordinated. Like when I see those people doing the jump rope and they're like, that might've sounded awful on the podcast because of the microphone. So if it did, I apologize. But you know, those people where it's like, doom, 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 doom. I am, I am not that person. If I can do it twice in a row, that is a victory for me. So I was like, how many burpees? So it was 15. And those burpees felt like they took forever. Then we start running through the stadium. Saw one guy vomiting. And I remember I was like, you must have partied really hard last night because I, I am not clear on what has been like that challenging because he did the jump rope, but I I don't know. 
So I just thought that was interesting. So then the next thing was you had to pick up a 40 pound sandbag and you had to walk up more bleachers carrying the sandbag and then walk down the bleachers and you drop the sandbag. So I was like, this is not going to be any problem. But then I was like, oh yeah, I don't carry my son upstairs. So that wasn't, that wasn't the most fun. And then I think at that point you came out and, uh, you did a rope climb, which I can also not do. So I just go up there. I'm like, how many burpees? Oh, 20. Okay. So did 20 burpees. Then you had like the, a frame wall where you pull yourself up with a rope, flip over, climb down. That was fine. Then, uh, my husband and Milo were there and I was like, Hey, God. like, I was so happy to see him. Like, he's like, mom, and he runs over to me. My husband's like, yeah, I think, uh, I think you're doing the M trail. Said, no. Yeah. I think you are. I'm like, wow, crap. <laughs> Milo runs over with me to the M trail. And then I like look up and yep, sure enough. And so this guy's like, you're doing awesome. And I'm like, thanks. I feel really old. It's probably like 24. Then I told myself that's not a kind way to speak to myself. So I said goodbye to Milo. Milo was super sad because he could not do the, the hike with me. And then I just lotted up that hill. And I think it's, it's not quite 650 feet in elevation gain, but you get there really quickly. I'm using air quotes here really quickly. It's, it's a very steep hike. So there were a couple of points there where I was like, I think I'm just going to crawl. Like, I think I'm just going to crawl. I didn't, but I was really just slow and steady. You know, there were a lot of people who like sat down four minutes and I'm like, I, I can't do that. Like my body needs to stay warm. Otherwise it's going to be kind of like starting over. So I was just slow and steady. If I took a break, I would like stop for like 30 seconds and then I would just keep going. And I was like, of course I don't have my asthma inhaler with me. I have my road ID on. So if something happens, they know who to call, not Ghostbusters, but my husband. And I do have to say the view was gorgeous, gorgeous. Like I was telling my husband, I said, you know, like when the beginning of like Hallmark fall movies, like when the movies open and it's kind of like you're flying over the small town and you see all the trees and the various colors and you see like a clock tower or a church steeple. That's what it looked like. You saw all these different shades of red, brown, green, yellow, orange. There was a church steeple right in the middle. And I was like, like, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm like, this is beautiful. Like, it's like you were in Vermont or Connecticut. Like, it was stunning. And my husband had asked me, do you want your phone? I was like, no, I don't want, I don't want to have to think about holding or carrying anything. And I was like, damn, I wish my phone, I had my phone. It was beautiful. And so whenever I would stop on the way up, I would just really try to focus on kind of like the gift that <laughs> this unexpected hike was giving me. Plus I had wanted to hike the M trail. I just wasn't prepared 
to do so. And what was really cool too, is like before the race started, there was not like this sense of camaraderie and and community. And that was what I really loved about Spartan and what I really, really loved about the Disney races. It was like, you were just friends because you had this, this shared interest, you know? And I didn't feel that at the onset of the race, you know, but going with other people up to the M and, you know, passing people as they were coming down and I'm still on my way up and the supportive and encouraging comments. I'm not sure I'm getting choked up, but it was just, it was nice. And I think, you know, I'm developing a sense of community here, but I, it's not like I have friends that I hang out with. So kind of having that sense of connection and that sense of belonging, it felt really good. And it felt really familiar. Like I was like, okay, this, this is part of what I really liked about doing these races is just that, that bond that you have and that support and that encouragement that you give each other because you're not competing. Like you want people to succeed and, and do a good job, whatever that good job looks like for them. So that was just something that I noticed and really just appreciated about that experience. And so, you know, you get to the top and then turn around and and come back down. And I was very cautious because my knee is not the greatest and the gravel was kind of loose and it was steep. And, you know, I did jog, but I jogged like really slowly. And then I got a side stitch. I'm like, I can't even remember the last time I got a side stitch. So the hike was, you know, kind of like the high point and kind of like the low point of the race. And then after that, you you uh, ran along a little trail. There were a few more obstacles, I think, that I forgot to mention. Um, you hike along this little shady trail, and then you came out by the river, and then there was like this log jump thing that I was like so incredibly awkward at, but it was so cute. Oh my gosh. So when I came out of the little shady trail and was running along the river, Milo starts running towards me, and like I just wanted to cry. It just like that's what I had wanted for like the Disney races. And so to see him and to see him so excited and proud of me, it meant like so much to me. And it's really, really cute because when I go to do the log, uh, the little log jump thing, he's filming. And so it's so cute because you just like, you see the grass and you hear his little breathing as he's running and like him filming me and then he like coaching me as I go over the logs. And I forget, like he says something and I'm like standing there, like this gap is really big. And I'm like, okay, what, what do I do? Like, what's the best way to get over this? You know, so that I'm not like hanging upside down, like a pig being roasted at like a luau, you know? And so, so he's like coaching me. And when I watch the video back, I'm like, Yes, buddy. I realized that it was just like, oh, well, I probably could have been a little bit nicer to him, but it was just, it was really cute. And, um, and so then, you know, I got over that and it's, it's cute because on the video, you know, he's, I'm running across the street and then they hold the traffic or they hold Milo and Eli up 
so that the traffic can pass. And, you know, Milo's like, I need to get to my mom. And like the person assisting with the traffic waves at the camera. And it's just, it's just so precious. And so then the next thing was like, you had to pick up a sandbag. I think that sandbag was like 40 pounds too. And you had to pick it up and toss it and then pick it up and toss it again. And, you know, you needed to reach this line. And then once you reached the line, you picked up the sandbag and came back. And then the other, the last thing was cornhole. And I was like, were they really like struggling to find an obstacle? (laughs) Because that's so random. Um, So it was like, yeah, if you, if you land anywhere on the thing, like you don't have to do burpees, but I think it was like, if you miss it, or if you actually make cornhole, I don't know, it was weird then. So if you landed on the thing, you didn't have to do burpees, but if you missed the board or didn't get it in the hole, then I think like you had to do burpees. So I landed on the board, did not have to do burpees. So I was pretty happy about that. And then you ran down and then that's when you went onto the fields. And so like you had the, the weighted buckets, uh, you had something where you were like holding, you know, like a weight plate above your head and just kind of zigzagging. And that one I was pretty proud of myself because I didn't have to take a break. I just, you know, was really focused on my breathing and it doesn't sound like it's hard, but I think it was a 25 pound weight, weight plate. And then to just keep going and zigzagging and holding it above your head like that. I was like, why did I do shoulders today? <laughs> Such a bad decision. So I did that. And then the tire flip, the guy explained it to me. And then I told him, I said, can you repeat it? Because I wasn't paying attention. Like I was just distracted because of all the people in there. So he explained it. And basically you just had to flip the tire over one way and then flip it over back. And so that was really easy. And I realized like, I I could have handled heavier, but I just like, I wasn't sure what the weight of the tires were. So, uh, you know, next year, I'm sure I will choose a heavier tire. And then after that, you know, you, some guy comes with a football over to you and then they run you through the inflatable helmet. But one thing that they were doing that I noticed when I was in the bleachers, they were like tossing the football to like people and they were catching it. And then they were running through the helmet And I have this phobia because it's how my nose got broken. I got hit in the face with a volleyball when I was like eight or 10. And that's why my nose is crooked. I hate my crooked nose. And I do not like any balls being thrown at me. And as I'm saying this, I'm thinking of the line from Clueless where Amber's like, I can't participate in any activity where balls fly at my nose. And Dion's like, you know, there goes your social life. That's what I'm thinking of as I say this. So I don't like it when, when balls are, are thrown at my face, like do not throw me a football, nothing. There's actually, if you throw me a basketball or something like that, I'm fine, but I don't know what it is about a football, especially because it was a volleyball that broke my nose. But anyway, I don't like it when people throw footballs at me. So When I saw that too, when I was sitting in the bleachers, I was like, I do not want them to throw a football at me. So when the guy comes to get me, like after I finished everything and he has the football, I was like, don't throw the football at me. And he's like, oh, you don't want me to throw the football. And we're just having this conversation as we're running. Right. 
And I'm like, no, I don't want the football thrown at my face. He's like, okay, (laughs) we will not throw the football at you. So as we're getting ready to go to the inflatable helmet, he like tells the guy throwing the footballs. He's like, don't throw the football, don't throw the football. And so then he just passes me the football and I run through. And then you do like a touchdown in like this plastic bin thing. And I just thought that that was like, so (laughs) he was so cute. He was just like, so passionate about that person not throwing the football at me. So then after I get through, I was just like, this was awesome. Like I did it and I felt like really good. And I felt like really proud of myself that I did it. And then I saw Milo and he was like so excited and gave me the biggest hug. And it was just, it was really cool. And then we did his race, like he warmed up and it was cool because he got to go through the same tunnel and I was like, you know, that's, that's pretty awesome. Not a lot of people get that opportunity. And he went out and because he was like one of the, you know, the younger kids, the ages were five through 12. Most of their stuff was like stuff you would see in like a, a tumbling place that they got to do. And, you know, there were tires and they had like a little weighted plate that they carried to And it was just fun. You know, there was some running and everything. It was a little bit shorter than what I anticipated, but it was funny when they were doing the orientation for the kids race, you know, they were talking about climbing up the the net and going outside and doing the rope climb. And I'm like, really? Like these kids are little, like, I'm going to have to do the race, like side by side with my kid. And, you know, Eli's like, well, I guess I'll just start heading outside the stadium so I can be there. And I'm like, they're really going to have little, little kids do this. And then when the race actually started, like I said, they, they took them at ages. So it was like, okay, five-year-olds here, six-year-olds here. And so it was age appropriate. Although I, I still think there could have been more for the five-year-olds to do. It was really cool. And he was just, he was so excited to do it. And he was so proud of himself. I, I wish like he had had a medal or something. Cause they gave them like the same thing they gave us, which was a cup. I'm like, what the, what the fuck does a kid want to do with like a cup, you know, <laughs> but he was like, so proud of himself. And it was just like this really awesome experience that we got to do it kind of together. And, you know, I, I was thinking a lot about just this experience and why I wanted to share it with you. And I'm sure you weren't expecting a rundown of an obstacle course race uh, when you clicked on this podcast, but I wanted to share kind of like a play-by-play with you and, and what was going through my mind and why I wanted to do it. And, you know, when I was thinking back about just this experience and remembering those moments where I was like, pay attention to this, like pay attention to how you're psyching yourself out, like how you're speaking to yourself. Like it was so opposite of encouragement. You know, it was like trying to talk myself out of doing something because I was scared. And why was I scared? I was scared because I didn't think I would do well enough. I, I was afraid that I would be the last person on the field, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to do something, maybe not even do it well enough, just not even be able to do it. And 
a lot of those things happen, right? Like I was the last person on the field. I was the last person on the bleachers. So I survived, like I survived and I did it. Like, that's why I signed up, right? I signed up to do it. And that's what I did. And, you know, I was not prepared for the hike. I did it. I did it. I did it slowly, but I did it consistently and I did it. And even like on the way back, you know, when we were running along the river, I am one of those people where it's like, if I am running a race, like I want to be able to run the entire time. But I was like, I'm tired. I'm tired. I did a bike ride this morning at home. And then like, I come here and I do this and I do this crazy hike that I did not train for. And I'm breathing, you know, like I'm here and it's okay if I need to walk for a little bit. Like it's okay if I need to walk. And it was just interesting how hard I was being on myself. But what I also liked is how I turned it around. And so the things that I was saying to Milo, things that I would be saying to Milo, if he was expressing the same concerns, I started saying to myself. And for me, like, it's not about being the best, like, explaining to to people like, okay, yes, it's a race, but I never go in with the expectation of winning. (laughs) I never, I have never once had that expectation because I just know I am not fast enough. And, you know, Milo was like, well, I want to win my race. And I said, okay, buddy, well, there's a lot of people that signed up and you may not win. And really like, that's, that's not the point of these races. Like these races is is really just to have fun for the majority of the people. Like if one day you get older and you want to train to win, then that's fine. But right now, like, let's just focus on having fun. And you know, when I do the races, I never think that I'm going to win it. Not to say like, you can't have that be your goal, but I just do this because it's, it's fun and it's challenging. And I like that, you know? And so the things that I was saying to him, or again, you know, I would be saying to him to encourage him, I was saying to myself and it made me realize, you know, the the things that I was afraid of, like they happened. I, I was like, I was saying I was the last person on the field. I was slower than everybody else. I didn't run the whole way, but I did it. I signed up to do it. I signed up to challenge myself. I think I signed up to prove that like I could still do these things and I accomplished all of that. So yes, my, my fears came to fruition in some ways and I was still there to do the rest of the race. And I'm still here sitting here talking to you, probably talking to you way too long (laughs) about a race that I did. But I think there are so many opportunities in our life where we're afraid to fail. We're afraid of being the last one on the field. We're afraid of looking silly. We're afraid of how others are going to perceive us. And so we talk ourselves out of doing these things that 
can really benefit us. You know, when I signed up for my first marathon, I didn't know why I was signing up. I didn't feel physically prepared to do it. You know, I joined a training group, but the reason I signed up for the, for the full marathon was because pretty much everybody else in my office that was part of the group signed up for the full. And I was like, well, I don't want to be the only person doing the 13.1, but that would have been fine. But I signed up for something the same with a Spartan that I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. And I did it. And I am scared to some degree every time I do a race, but I've always finished every race. And even if like, let's say there was an injury or something and I didn't like, that doesn't mean anything about me. So like me being the last person on the field, like that doesn't mean anything about me. Maybe I'm just, I'm not as quick. So that's okay. That doesn't mean I'm a loser, you know? Okay. So I didn't like bust ass up the trail. So that's okay. Doesn't mean I'm a loser. Doesn't mean I'm a crappy human being. It doesn't mean that I don't work hard every day to get in better shape and be healthier. Like doesn't mean any of that. It just means I'm slower than some people. And I didn't train, you know, and we stop ourselves short of, I think what we're able to achieve because we're scared because we don't want to fail. We don't want to look stupid. We don't want to be the last person on the field because we tell ourselves a story about what it means. If we fail, we tell ourselves a story about what it means. If we're the last person on the field or we're slower going up the hill. But that story is just that it's a story and we can start telling ourselves a different story about what that means. Like we're the ones that assign meaning to it. As I say all the time, like other people's opinions, they only matter if we decide that they do. And maybe there were people that were like, oh, look at that person. Look at that loser. Like she's the last person on the field. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I am the last person on the field, but I'm out here. I'm doing, I'm doing this, like that matters to me. And I'm showing my son also that it's okay. If you're last, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you're any less than because you're last. It doesn't mean you're any less than because you are the only person doing an obstacle course race solo and everybody else has someone to do the race with. It doesn't mean that you're less than. It just means you're doing the race alone and that's all it means. And so I wanted to share this with you because at one point this was very much my comfort zone and this was not my comfort zone this time around. Like it wasn't, but the only way we're going to get comfortable being uncomfortable is by being uncomfortable is by pushing ourselves, by putting ourselves in situations that we're not comfortable in. Like my coach bumping up the treadmill to 12 miles an hour, even if it was for like 20 seconds or whatever it was, like I was uncomfortable. But if you had asked me five minutes before that, do you think you can run it 12 miles an hour for like 10 seconds? I would have been like, no. And I wouldn't have done that myself. I would not have done that to myself. (laughs) But he pushed me and I did it. 
it's not like I could run at 12 miles an hour for like a minute. I couldn't, but I don't know. Maybe I could. I don't know. I don't know. 60 seconds is a long time. We avoid so many things in our lives because it's unfamiliar. And when it's unfamiliar, it's uncomfortable. But the only way the the unfamiliar is going to become comfortable is if we get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And we know that that discomfort doesn't mean anything about us. It just means it's maybe a new experience or a different type of situation. And it's actually an opportunity for us to learn, to grow, to realize what we're actually capable of or realize that, hey, this is an area where I'm not so skilled. So if I want to get better at it, then maybe I need to work more in this area so that I become better or I become more comfortable or I become more knowledgeable about something. I didn't know that signing up for this race was going to result in nearly an hour-long podcast episode and would have me experiencing all these emotions and, and reflecting on things, but it did. And I'm glad. And again, I think what was really powerful for me is showing my son it's okay to be last. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to do something not with a goal of winning, but just to have fun, just to have like an experience. And that's it. Like things don't have to be these, these big things. Things don't have to be hard. Things don't have to cause us angst if we just accept that life is a journey. Life is full of experiences and opportunities for us to learn and grow and evolve. And some of that is going to be uncomfortable, but again, that discomfort allows us the opportunity to learn and grow and evolve. And I think we need things like that to actually push us because I feel like when things are comfortable, a lot of times we want to stay in the comfort zone because being uncomfortable is uncomfortable. And the more we get comfortable with just the unknown and uncertainty, like we'll be living fuller lives because we, we know that that just kind of comes with the territory that the uncertainty and and discomfort. Like that just comes with the territory of anything new. So I hope this episode helped to encourage or inspire you in some way to kind of get out of your own way, like get out of your head, know that being last, know that being nervous, know that being uncomfortable isn't a bad thing. And it's sometimes necessary in order for us to become better versions of ourselves. So with that, I am going to say goodbye. And if you enjoyed the episode, I would love to know 
You can send me an email at Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I at awakentheextraordinary.com. You can send me a DM on Instagram at it's actually Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I. As always, you can like, follow, subscribe if you listen to this episode and love it. If you've listened to other episodes and have loved those, I would love for you to write a review on Apple podcasts. If you do be sure to let me know because I want to say thank you. I really, really do. And as always, thank you so, so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it and stay kind, stay compassionate and stay curious with yourself and others. And I'll talk with you soon. Hey there. So if you are still listening, I am guessing that you listened to episode 125 and hung around to see if there was a little secret track. If you haven't listened to episode 125 and you're wondering what in the heck I'm talking about in that episode that I didn't promote, I talked about hidden tracks back in the day when you had a CD or maybe a record or a cassette. And you kept listening, like you didn't just listen to that track. And when this, once the song was over, you didn't just go to another track. You just let the album play. And often there would be these hidden tracks. And I kind of likened episode 125 to being something like that because I didn't promote it. I dropped the episode when I was taking a break from social media and kind of hinted that in future episodes, I might have kind of like my version of the hidden track. And so you are still listening. Thanks. I'm glad you are. And I would love for you to send me a DM to let me know if you actually hung around and found this little hidden message. So I wanted to provide an explanation as to why this episode dropped later than I wanted it to drop. So I was editing this episode on Tuesday evening, planned to stay in late at the office. I ended up actually working late. So that put me a little bit behind. And then I was hearing what sounded like a herd of elephants. I may be exaggerating a little bit running through the hall and down the stairs. The stairwell is right outside my office door. And I was kind of exasperated, but thankful that I wasn't recording anything at the time. And then I heard the elephants come back up and the office is pretty quiet as of 5 p.m. And I think at this point it was like six-ish. And then I heard people talking and I heard someone say, well, go to that door. It's a business and the light is on. Try opening the door. And so that kind of perked my ears up a little bit because my light was on and I wasn't sure if they were referencing my door. Well, I got my answer when I heard my door being somewhat attempting to open my door. That probably sounds better, right? And it was locked, thankfully. And I said, hello. And then I heard running down the stairs and it was very unsettling. It actually reminded me of a time when I was a kid. I want to say maybe I was like eight-ish 
And I was having dinner in the living room with my mom and my sister. My dad was either working or out of town working. And we had a deadbolt on our law, on our door, but we also had like a little door knob lock. And at the time we didn't have a security screen door. And so for some reason, I, we must have heard a sound, but I remember all of us turning our heads to the door at the same time. And thank God we had the deadbolt locked, but we did not have the doorknob locked. So I'm getting goosebumps. I get goosebumps every time I describe this story. So we saw the doorknob turn slowly one way and slowly the other way. And my mom clamped her hand over my mouth, took me and my sister into her bedroom and locked her bedroom door, which I was sharing with a friend. It was just one of those little like button locks next to the doorknob, which I don't know how how effective that would have been. I remember though, the key was like this little L-shaped key and you stuck it in and it just went, um, And she called our neighbor and she had our neighbor come over and he was like, there's nobody here, but yes, there are footsteps in the planter. And I remember being so scared and so thankful that we had the deadbolt locked. And so pretty much from that day on, um, whenever I am in a house, like alone, I have the door locked and you know, where we live now, it's, it's a very small town. The crime is extremely low. And for me to feel unsettled was really unsettling. I told my husband, I said, I don't feel comfortable. So I, what ended up happening was I texted the property manager because I know that there are cameras here. So I texted the property manager and just said, Hey, like, there are people like there was someone attempting to open my door and you know she's like were they kids were they adults I'm like well one sounded like an adult one sounded like a kid I was thinking like maybe the kid needed to use the bathroom and that's why they were looking for an open business not that I have a bathroom in my office but I was thinking okay well maybe the one down the hall was being occupied. So maybe they were just trying to find another bathroom, but then that didn't make sense. If I say hello, and then they run down the stairs and, you know, I said, yeah, I think it was an adult and a, and a kid, but I didn't like open the door. I mean, if someone's trying to open my door, I'm not going to go open the door and see who it was. Like I'm going to freaking stay in my office, you know, with the door locked. So she wasn't able to access like the cameras. I texted my husband and I explained what happened. And I said, like, I just don't feel comfortable, like even seriously opening the door. Like I just don't. And he came down when we went to my car, there were two little girls like sitting outside. And I was like, that's not typical. And I asked them, you know, if they had been upstairs and she was like, oh no. One of the girls was like, yeah, oh no. But um, there were like two kids, like 
they ran out and I said, okay, like what were their ages? And she's like, well, probably like our age, like 11. I'm like, okay, well, thanks. So that made me feel a little bit better, but it was just unsettling to feel like someone was trying to come into my space. And I was wondering why like these little kids are running around by themselves and I'm thinking, okay, like, I guess it's, it's a small town. Parents probably feel better, more comfortable with their like 10, 11 year olds running around by themselves. Although I don't think I would be letting my kid do that here. And, um, it was just weird. And by the time all of that had happened, it was nearly seven o'clock. Like all of my stuff was in my car and I'm like, I'm just not going to get this, this episode done. And then I wanted to try to wake up early yesterday to finish editing it. And I'm tired that that did not happen. And so I really just wanted to one, see if anyone hung around for like the little hidden track here to provide an explanation as to why this is late, not because I owe you one, but I kind of do. And three, I just want to thank you for being patient with me. If you are a frequent listener of the podcast, I really do appreciate you. I do this podcast because I want to help people. I want to encourage people. I want people to know that they're not alone in what brings them joy and makes them happy. And they're not alone in what breaks their heart and makes them feel alone. And I really do try to be consistent with this podcast. And I do try to commit to having the podcast drop on a certain day. And it has changed. You know, it was Monday and then it was Tuesday and then it was Tuesday and Friday. And then it, you know, kind of evolved into Wednesday because some days like my hiatus from social media on Sundays kind of melts into Monday. It really just depends on how I'm feeling. And I felt like Wednesday was like a good solid day to have a podcast episode drop. And I would still like to do little mini episodes on Fridays, but it's really hard. Um, you know, not, not having as I think much personal time as I did when I was living in San Diego makes it challenging. And, you know, with my kid now being in school and being involved in, you know, extracurricular activities on top of having a full-time job, not having an abundance of free time and reprioritizing, you know, my, my health and physical well-being there's only so much time in the day, right? So I just wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you for sticking with me. I try to be consistent. I know that I am kind of inconsistent. And I think now what I'm going to do is, you know, commit to dropping an episode a week and whatever day works for me that week is whatever day that works for me. And I hope you continue to stick around. I hope you continue to share the podcast with other people. But I think 
you know, committing to a day is just hard, especially I didn't even have like the podcast fully baked. I don't want to disappoint people like disappointing people that that feeling sucks, you know? And I remember like as a kid, my mom was upset with me quite often about any number of things. And so I got used to that feeling like really sad, you know, but I got used to that feeling. But what was always like hard for me to hear was that like she or my dad were disappointed in me about something. And it, that just, it just hits differently for some reason. And I just, I don't want to disappoint you. You know, I appreciate you. This podcast does not have, you know, thousands upon thousands of of downloads yet. It doesn't have thousands upon thousands of listeners yet. And I, I appreciate each person who chooses to listen. I appreciate each person who chooses to use whatever time they have listening to me and listening to my thoughts and my experiences and hopefully again, like getting some sort of inspiration or encouragement or even at times like amusement, (laughs) you know, but I really appreciate you. And I do want to be something that is consistent for you. And I am someone who has a bit of a crazy life who has her own challenges and is working through things the best way that she can. And sometimes that means not showing up for you the way that she wants. And so I wanted to be honest with you about kind of the struggles that I have with this podcast. And it's really important to me. I have learned so much about myself in hosting this. I have really started to think differently about things. I was sharing with someone just this morning how the fact that I am talking about so many things and reflecting on things, like even if it's a movie I watch, like The End of Elf, or if I'm listening to that song, Victoria's Secret by Jax, I think deeply about a lot of things. And speaking about those things just encourages me to continue doing that because I think I understand myself better and I'm hoping it helps me understand other people better. And so this podcast has really helped me. It didn't start out as a way for me to like help me get to know myself better, but I think in being very intent on helping you get through whatever it is you're you're trying to work through and sharing my own experiences it really has helped me and helped me get to know myself better and i probably wouldn't be continuing the podcast if you didn't listen and so thank you for listening. Thank you for 
continuing to actually encourage me with this project on this journey. I say it all the time. I really, really do appreciate you. And I hope you know that. Thank you for being here. And I will talk with you at some point next week. <laughs>